guitar work of Steve Malkmus heralds the Fantasy Friday edition of Fangraphs Audio. Hello, I'm Carson Sestouli. This is Fangraphs Audio. The attentive listener might note that indeed this edition of Fantasy Friday is going live on the site on Saturday. As the frequent listener will know, it's these sort of paradoxes that are native to Fangraphs Audio, helping us solve the difficult paradox that is fantasy baseball today uh, are our panelists from Rotographs, Eno Saris and Justin Mary. What follows, we take a look at a number of issues relevant to the fantasy baseball player's experience. Uh, we start off by picking up where Eno Saris's Friday afternoon Rotographs chat leaves off, uh, pick up some notes from that and uh, examine further what Eno was unable to examine further in said chat. We look at the Buster Posey injury, um, not only for uh, Buster Posey replacements, um, but also it, as to how the uh, the absence of Buster Posey affects the catcher player pool. Justin Mary, who also writes for Red Reporter, uh, fills us in on the goings-on in the Reds rotation. Finally, we look at uh, quite a few young pitchers who are receiving promotions as of late, uh, not the least of which are Juan Nicasio and Andy Oliver, both starting for their respective teams on this very Saturday. It's not Friday, uh, but it is the Fantasy Friday edition of Fangraphs Audio right now. Listener, you have stumbled upon the Fantasy Friday edition of Fangraphs Audio. We have uh, here a couple gentlemen joining us, neither of them a rookie to the podcast. One of them is uh, I don't know, some sort of I don't know what your exactly your role is with with Fangraphs slash Rotographs, you know. But it must be important because you're ubiquitous on the site. Uh, what is what is your role, you know? Uh, I'm the only guy who writes on all three parts of the site. Yeah, you are. Do you have an exact title? Are you just uh, are you like the utility man? Are you uh, man, man about town? Man about town. That doesn't make any sense. But and you know I should mention is joining <laughs> us from the from the most left of the coasts um, out there is just a stone's throw, depending on the quality of your arm uh, from Stanford University. That's right. Right. Uh, okay. And so that's one thing. Now the uh, the other guy who's joining us here. Uh, has actually been on the podcast, but then he was more of a, uh, I guess, a team-oriented guest. Uh, he he has, or maybe still writes for Red Reporter. He also writes for Rotographs. His name's Justin Mary. Justin, are you there? I am here. And Justin, you uh, you still write for Red Reporter? Is that a lie or not? No, no, I still do. I actually posted something there today, although I kind of took a break off for a while there. No, no, that's fine. But, um, not ju- we're not here to judge you. <laughs> um, at least for that for that reason, uh, maybe some of your fantasy opinions will judge harshly. Uh, and Justin, that's, that's you fine. you are joining us, I believe, from the the home or near the home of Yingling Yingling Beer. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly where it's located, but it is basically anything. That's the only thing anybody drinks around here over to Pittsburgh. Um, right, and we should say you're in central so central, I'm central Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah. From there, now I've had Iron. I think it's called Iron City Ale or something like that. Yes, I have had that. Uh, I think that, but I'm not sure about that one either. Oh, okay. So, so Ying, Yingling, what are they called? Yingling beer, Yingling lager? Lager. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's a few varieties of it. It's tasty stuff. 
it's good. Now, is that uh, in terms of like uh, general quality? Is that is that like as old style as to Chicago as Yingling to Central Pennsylvania? Uh, I, I, well, the thing is, I think uh, Yingling actually tastes good, so that oh. might be the difference there. Right. <laughs> uh, it really is. It, it's quite good. It's it's not you know it, you could find better things, but as far as a fairly easy to find beer goes around here, it's it's a good one. Right. Well, now uh, that's edifying material, no doubt. Um, uh, uh, I'm still I'm still talking about Victory, man. Victory beer is good, and I don't know where Downington, Pennsylvania is. But that is where Victory is from, and it looks somewhat, somewhat central. I would try some if you if you saw that on tap. I will look for it. Downington. Yeah. Downington, you said you know. Yeah. No, it's on the road between Lancaster and Philadelphia. Yeah. That doesn't that doesn't mean for me, but if I see any, I will be sure to grab it. Okay. Okay. Good enough for me. It's nice we've we've taken care of those matters. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, within the realm of fantasy baseball, uh, which is a a subset, although um, not necessarily a much smaller subset of uh, actual real live baseball, uh, there's there's a great deal to talk about. Uh, now, actually, I want to start here though. You know, uh, if I'm not mistaken, is it actually every Friday that you host the uh, what the Rotographs chat? At the main site. That's right, and we've been going about two hours every Friday, so uh, it's uh, it gets going. Today was uh, a strangely themed chat, but uh, for some reason Brianna Banks kept coming up. But uh, who's that? Person? Don't Google that at work. Do not Google that at work. Um, we we actually talked a lot about uh, first baseman and second baseman today, so uh, there was a lot of a uh, lot of questions about Hosmer, Belt. Moreland and smoke and okay. what All right, order? Well, slow down, slow in. down. So, so it sounds like you said a what a whole a couple first basemen there was a Hosmer you said, Belt, yeah. Hosmer, Belt, uh, Moreland and smoke. Okay, so those are all young first base. Now, I wait. Did we do this two weeks ago? Or are we having the same conversation? Didn't we also discuss discuss I, I, young first basemen then? Yeah, but things you know things things change. I mean, well, belts back they, up. How have things changed? So okay, belts so back belts, up. belts back up. Now, uh, what's going to be, you know, we'll sort of do these uh, kind of in capsule versions. But what's going to be Brandon Belt's role uh, now that he's back? I mean, is he starter? I think he's the starting outfielder, Ooh. and it's hard to tell. And that's that's why there's a little bit of risk in playing him um, every day in your fantasy team because uh, there's a little bit of risk that he doesn't play every day. And there is, you know, there are some people that can play in that outfield, but. Um, you know, Pat Burrell is a is a backup now. Uh, Aaron Rowan is a backup now. Mm-hmm. Uh, left field is the easiest place to put Brandon Bell. And now we have reason to believe. I mean, it would make sense. I concur that uh, Belt would be. Um, you know, that uh, manager Bruce Bochy would be inclined to give Belt regular playing time because of his age, right? I mean, you know, rarely do you see an instance where. Uh, a guy who's considered a top prospect is called up merely to be benched. Uh, yeah, that's true. And I think that's why just a week ago, Bochy said he wasn't coming up. So I guess they probably had some sort of meeting of the minds and uh, decided that uh, he was ready to play every day. It probably had a lot to do with Buster Posey going down, actually. Oh, to, to get some offense, do you think? 
I mean, I think they just were like, we need to catch lightning in a bottle a little bit here. We need to, to find some offense somewhere. They brought up Brandon Crawford too. I now, mean, they're now. Here's a question uh, to that meeting of the minds you you were discussing. Uh, was uh, Brian Sabian invited to that? <laughs> okay, we'll go from there. Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> uh, Hosmer, what, no Hosmer and uh, what, what were people asking about with regard to these these just, young Mostly to rank them still. I mean, and and I think that it's just the hardest thing is that uh, Moreland and Smoke are playing better now, but I would say Belt and Hosmer have the better upside. So, uh, you know, it all depends on sort of the settings of your league. And if you can turn, if you could turn Moreland into Belt or Hosmer in your keeper league, then I would do it. Yeah, um, in the keeper league. Now, I I will submit here. Uh, that I think that uh, Mitch Moreland um, continues to be, um, I, I don't know about underrated, and of course that's a, that's a, um, a word that, with which one needs to be careful anyway, but he's never really failed. He's, you know, he's kind of always performed um, at a decent level, uh, you know, at, at whichever minor league level he's been at. And, uh, you know, he's doing roughly this year uh, what he did last year. And, uh, uh, some you know some fewer walks and some fewer strikeouts, but he makes contact and he also has outfield eligibility. So those are both strong, uh, strong traits for him. You know, I mean, yeah, maybe in a long yeah yeah long term, uh, I can see what you're saying, but uh, I still I still like Mitch Moreland. I think it's kind of one of those polish versus upside thing. I think that he he's one of those guys that kind of peaks um, earlier or just is a, arrives fully fully ready to go. Right. Um, but I also think that maybe the lefty thing was a little bit um, the the fact that his platoon issues were overblown. I mean, right? He he's pretty much played every day because of uh, injury issues, and everything seems fine. And maybe people want more power, and that's why Hosmer and Belt are more interesting long term. But um, yeah, he's a fine he's a fine player. Let's get a we'll go to your next issue. I want to just ask Justin. Justin, do you have any uh, any thoughts on those young first basemen? Uh, in, I mean, do you think the upside? Versus the polish, uh, you know, is that is that a real um, tension uh, that's occurring, or is that a what is that called a false uh, false paradigm? Is that a word? No, I think it's real. Um, I, I mean, I, I think the issue is with with Moreland. If you're in any any kind of a normal, you know, a shallow league, ten team mixed or something, I, I don't know that he's he's what you really want because I think he kind of is what he is. Uh, whereas again, with Belt or Hosmer, you have the possibility of. of Catching the you know these prospects that could be really good. I mean, I think Bellab is probably the best bet, frankly, of the group as long as he gets playing time. I was going to ask where you guys would put Freddie Freeman in that group. Uh, he had a lot of hype coming into the season, hasn't done anything, uh, no power, not really hitting for average either. Uh, but well, if I could submit, you know, would I, you take Freddie Freeman or Mitch Moreland? I think that Freddie Freeman. I, I think that uh, partially the reason. Um, for his, um, you know, the sort of attention surrounding him was because it, I think for some people it was sort of like a Jason Hayward part two, uh, mm-hmm. sort of a young, um, you know, Atlanta-based phenom, right, who was supposed to, uh, you know, had some good, uh, decent power numbers, if not. Uh, I think it's the name. You think, well, cause it's, it's all like about a, the name. A baseball name. Yeah, it's very, very nice no, I mean, he'd, he'd done good things at AAA as a 20-year-old, which is something definitely to consider. And, and it, uh, if memory serves, AAA Gwinnett, um, or Gwinnett, I don't know how to say it, uh, where the Braves 
uh, play have their AAA uh, organization. Uh, I don't think is much of a hitter's park, so you know that was something definitely to consider. And he's probably again, if we're talking about long term or upside, um, he's probably not a bad guy to own. But first base uh, is also you know a position where you really need production, first base slash utility. And if you're asking about uh, Freeman versus Moreland, uh, you know Moreland also has the benefit by almost every format now, I would guess, of uh, offering positional flexibility. You know? Yeah. Yeah, and I actually think that uh, just looking at Freddie Freeman's stats right now, I feel like his upside is somewhere around Moreland right now. You mean for this uh, season or by like I think age long term actually? I think long term because if you look at his power, it went in and out. Um, and, you know, he, his best ISO output for a full year was 206. Uh-huh. So, and that's in the minors. I feel like, I feel like he, he's gonna look a lot like Moreland and he's gonna be a lot more expensive. Um, you don't you think know, that, uh, so you're not sort of, uh, giving much weight to his relatively young age then? In terms of his power development? You think like physically he's filled out? Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, well, I, I just we'll see. Uh, I, but that's the point. I know. I'm just saying. I don't. I don't. I don't see. I don't see a ton of power. You're not there. particularly I excited. About it. I. I mean. I. I. I think he'll. I think he's one of those guys that'll be. He'll be great first baseman, and and I think he'll be great as at, especially when he's cost controlled. Right. Um. I'm not sure that I'm gonna spend a ton of money on him free agency wise. Okay. Uh. And just just to uh, because, um. As you know, Eno is. Um, uh. We'll say a number of preposterous things during the course of the podcast, <laughs> Justin. So you should feel free yeah. just to jump in if and well, not, I shouldn't say if he does. I should say when when he does. I'll be sure to. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, and uh, yeah. Eno does uh, on the inside, even if he doesn't express it. <laughs> uh, what else happened in the chat, Eno? Oh, uh, we're just everyone wants to know about uh, Dustin Ackley and Brett Lowry and uh, Eric Young Jr. So and, we have some like second base, third base types. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, and, and you know who's gonna play right away, and who's gonna who's gonna be better, and when people are gonna come up. These are you know tough questions to answer, um, especially with the Super Two arbitration stuff being up in the air. Um, but uh, you know, there's a need in Toronto, I think, pretty obviously. Because what, what do they have? The Aaron Hill and Jason Nix at second and third, respectively. Oh, you're just gonna you're just gonna ignore Edwin Encarnacion? Oh, well, I assumed that uh, uh, Anthopoulos <laughs> was gonna um, consider um, Dave Cameron's word as gospel and dump Edwin Encarnacion <laughs> as soon as he read Fangraphs today. Uh, uh, right. Where I should say Dave Cameron wrote an article c- called something to the effect of "It's time to dump E5" or something like. Along <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. So, um, so maybe well, maybe he won't, but. Um, but, right, I, I mean, they have, I think, played... I, I think uh, Jason Nix, if I'm not mistaken, has gotten the majority of the starts there. Uh-huh. And Jason... And I don't, I don't think he's really, yeah. It, extra Y aside, I don't think he's uh, a long-term option. So where, so where, what were the discussions concerning... Uh, uh, now, Laurie... Uh, well, just in terms of call-ups, right? Uh, now, uh, uh, you said... I'm oh, sorry, did you say Chris Nelson at one point? No, I didn't. But that's that's an interesting name too. But I think you know now that Eric Young Jr. is up, um, 
you know, Nelson's behind him, I guess. Right, I see, yeah. So uh, Eric Young Jr., could he play? Yeah, he's just been called up. Could he, can he play second or third? Is that the idea? Yeah, I'd be interested to hear what Justin has to say about it because I feel like uh, that that whole playing time situation is up in the air and has been maybe from the beginning of the year. Um, I think Jonathan Herrera has shown enough with the on-base ability um, to be sort of an everyday player. All right. Well, let's turn to Justin Terry. Or to, not Justin Terry. Uh, is a, a point guard. Hit a the, three. Let's uh, <laughs> turn to uh, Justin Mary and uh, ask him. I, I don't know. What do you see? Second, third base, Colorado. Uh, does that interest you? Does that annoy you? That that area. Well, I can tell you. Um, I had. Uh, I've been having a series of injuries in the twenty-team league. I have, and uh, I had Jose Lopez on my team for this week, and he, of course, has just been dropped. Uh, by the big league team. Um, yeah, I don't know. I have a really hard time figuring out playing time in Colorado. I tried to deal with their, their outfield situation last year and just had no end of frustration. Um, I, I mean, to me, looking at these guys, uh, Young, I don't know how much third base he's played. He's mostly played second base and outfield as far as I can tell. Herrera's played some third uh, and, and certainly second here. Um, I don't know, my, my guess moving forward is that we're going to see mostly Herrera at second and Wigginton at third, with Junior kind of bopping around um, outfield and second base maybe. But you know, I don't really know, and I have a really hard time projecting. Uh, none of those guys I think are particularly good. In fantasy, maybe in a roto league, so I can see Eric Young Jr. being interesting because of the stolen base potential. Um, I don't really believe in Jonathan Herrera at all, but I mean, I, I think maybe he can be a 330 on base guy, but that's that's about all I really give him. That's not really saying. So it's it's kind of a frustrating situation. Yeah, yeah, and that's not, I guess, saying much for a guy who's playing in Colorado. Um, no, and he's got zero powers too, so I, I just don't think he really offers anything. Right. Uh, I don't know how he is with the glove, but yeah, and uh, they're all you know, it's it's a, it's a tough situation to try to get through. If Stewart yeah, comes interesting. back, injured right now, um, I, I can see them giving Ian Stewart one more chance. Although it sounded like they were pretty tired of the guy when they sent him down last time. Right. Well, he has yeah, some serious strikeout issues that um, he doesn't. I mean, he's always been right on the cusp of usefulness given those strikeout issues, and now uh, you know, if 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 he was ever going to. Increase the strikeout rate even the littlest bit without you know a corresponding um, increase in walk rate or you know I don't know BABIP or something like that. He was always going to have problems. Uh, you know what was it? Uh, I'm just you know looking at Herrera's stats. He looks like a guy who can walk 10% of the time. So um, maybe I'm just putting too much weight in his AAA performances. Well, but his major league walk rate is 10%. Do we know where he's been batting in the lineup? I mean, I guess ultimately does. Uh, that doesn't yes, matter. he could be a. But no, I mean, if it's a ten percent in the eighth spot, then that's that's different than ten percent right. in the first spot. Yeah, and uh, I don't have that number at my fingertips. The second, um, although I would assume that he spent at least a little bit of time towards the bottom of the lineup. Um, and okay, well, and and uh, so was that uh, anything more? Well, uh, more there, you know, with the um, the chat. Well, just that uh, I, I think there's a, the same sort of dichotomy a little bit with the um, the polish versus upside. I think that um, you know the polish of uh, actually just just to note, uh, Jonathan Herrera 140 abs in the second spot. 
so, this season. Yeah. Okay. For the 350, 357. All right. Well, cram it. Continue. <laughs> uh, I think this uh, Ackley. I, I really liked that article by Cameron um, on Brock and Salk, I think, uh, where he talked about um, Ackley's play discipline, showing that he might have a nice transition. Um, what was the? Uh, I mean, what was the general uh, reasoning for that? If you wouldn't mind sharing it. He found a lot. He basically found comps that had similar strikeout and walk rates, um, power, speed, and on I think on the infield too. Um, so he found people like Knobloch um, that came up and you know played decently right away. Um, and I say decently because I still like Lawry's, even with the fact that Lawry's playing in um, Las Vegas. Right. Uh, I would like his power and speed. Um, over him. Watch out, the dogs are about to bark. <laughs> there are, clearly, uh, there's uh, some pretty serious criticism about those comments you're making. Those dogs are uh, assuredly I'll, I'll, not Brad Lori fans. Track real quick. All right, so I was saying, uh, yeah, I think that um, I think that I would still take um, Lowry's power and speed combo over for Ackley um, long term. Long term. But there is definitely a chance. And I think that both of those guys, and I would actually take both of those guys over Eric Young Jr. because as soon as those guys come up, they're in the lineup. I mean, that's like what you said about Belt. You know, these guys are prospects. Um, there is a place for them in, on the major league team. It's waiting for them. Um, each team is talking about, oh, they want to see a little bit more out of their player in the minor leagues. It could be Super 2 stuff. Who knows? But there's a place waiting for them. When they come up, they'll play every day. Uh, I think I would take Ackley rest of this season, and I would take Laurie career. Okay. All right. Now, um, you know, you know, you mentioned the the Super Two question, right? And uh, just to clarify for the listener, uh, those listeners that aren't familiar with it, um, Super Two, you you know, is that uh, preventing Super Two status, right? A uh, sort of uh, early arbitration is uh, the reason that a lot of players. Um, uh, Promotions, especially top prospects, promotions are delayed uh, till June. That's one of the reasons. Uh, that's uh, with the new collective bargaining agreement. Uh, there's some question as to whether that will um, that rule will remain. Uh, one player who came up uh, in the middle of uh, you know sort of June, July last year, uh, I think that was about when, uh, is Buster Posey, obviously catcher for the San Francisco Giants, who's now injured and. Um, May uh, may not even return this season. Is that right, guys? That's what I'm reading. Yeah. Uh, Eno- yeah, I heard I heard maybe uh, October if they make it. Right. Okay. All right. Uh, and so that leaves a huge gap, and I'm sure uh, leaves a number of fantasy owners wondering what to do. Both both those owners who um, have owned uh, Buster Posey and, and those who don't, um, but are trying to maybe. F- see if he has a replacement. I'm curious as to what you guys are, are doing or have heard or what you'd suggest. Justin, we'll start with you. The the Posey situation, how does it uh, how does it affect his owners, his non owners and just uh, the catcher pool in general? Well it's obviously it is a huge loss for the person that had him. Uh, and probably the person that had him paid a pretty severe price for him too, because he was going you know, coming off the rookie of the year, he's probably going a little higher than maybe even should have. Um 
you know, so now people are scrapping, and it kind of depends on what league you're in, what what you're going to have available to you. Um, you know, Miguel Olivo might be what you have in a 20-team league. Um, there's, I mean, there's some pretty good options in a in a 10-team league, and some of looking at um, guys that are on less than 50% of Yahoo leagues include people like Chris Ionetta, um, Carlos Ruiz, who had a really good year last year. Uh, he's available coming off of a you know, very brief injury. Uh, J.P. Arancibia for Toronto. What percentage? Um, oh, sorry, what percentage did you say? These are all less than 50% owned. Oh, wow. Uh, so they're out there. And, you know, even a guy, um, I actually just picked Giovanni Soto up yesterday in my Autony League, and I didn't even really need him. Uh, I mean, I guess I, I, I'm sort of waiting for Joe Maurer, but I have Jonathan Lucroy, who's also a pretty good little um, little catcher. And, uh, you know, Soto's owned in, I think, 65% of leagues. So, you know, people, I think, have kind of discarded him coming, you know, getting hurt, but he's due back on Saturday. So, uh, you know, I mean, he's somebody who had an 890 OPS last year, and he's done it before. So there are some good options out there. Um, they're probably no, None of them are probably going to produce like those. He could, but... Um, I think you have to deal with what you have. Yeah, well, that's interesting about Soto. And that actually uh, brings up a point, uh, just a, a minor tangent here. Uh, and I, I'll excuse myself for this, and I don't know if you guys run into the same thing, uh, but I suppose I'm probably, I tend to be more oriented towards deeper leagues or, you know, uh, dynasty-type type leagues, keeper leagues. Uh, but you, you make the point there, Justin, that a player of Giovanni Soto's quality uh, could be available in a 12-team league that someone's someone's playing in. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure he should have been there, but uh, <laughs> he was. <laughs> so I, I grabbed him. Right. Um, but there, you know, if you're in a in a 20-team league, you know, I think you're going to be looking at I don't know, Josh Tolley. Um, <laughs> there's not a whole lot out once you you know get that far. If you're in one of these two catcher leagues too, that, that tends to half your. Um, your available player pool. Well, I'm actually, and I, I don't know what the percentages are are on him, but I, I think that uh, my guess is that Jorge Posada, I don't know what his percentages are right now. Um, yeah, he's in there. He's in there, but uh, Posada is a player that personally I've been high on since the beginning of the season. Obviously, there's a there's an adjustment period that goes along with becoming a DH after being more or less an everyday player, especially a catcher. Um, you know, there's definitely a penalty to that. Um, but he actually hasn't been uh, much worse if from a sort of play discipline standpoint, um, or at least, you know, walk strikeouts as far as that's concerned, uh, than he has previously in his career, you know, if I'm not mistaken, at least last time I checked. And uh, he still has the power to go along with it, you know, and that's not something that's really decreased at all for him. Um, he, uh, you know, have you, uh, in terms of these... Uh, more peripheral catcher types. Do you have any any favorites that you uh, that you rate it up there? Yeah, actually, I was just looking in Posada, forty two percent owned in uh, in Yahoo, just the same as Lucroy. So um, might not be an option for the deeper leaguers. Uh, I'm in a twenty teamer with two catchers, uh, which is just boffo, um, and I lost Maurer at the beginning of the season. Mm. Um, and I, <clears throat> don't ask me why I drafted him. Um, actually, I know why because in auction leagues he was kind of he was cheap this year. I don't know why. I got him for like twenty four bucks or something, and I was so proud. And then, well, I mean, yeah. I know why because he's like you know probably on an at bat you know like a per plate appearance basis he's one of the best hitters 
in in baseball. That's I'm guessing. I guess oh. that's why. And and I have Joe yeah. in all of my leagues. You have Joe Mauer in all of your leagues. So, yeah. yeah. Just right. Well, I know. I mean, I, I, for whatever reason, maybe he was going for a little bit cheaper than you know. Again, on a per plate appearance level, you, we might assume. Uh, so I guess in, in that league, I uh, I ended up with uh, Salty Gerald Gerald Saltamacchia from uh, Boston. Right. Uh, and that that really was terrible for a while, and I can't believe I held on to him. And you know, the last month or so, he's been useful. Um, and I would actually say. He's not a terrible pickup for people that are in these. You know, it's so weird to to pimp someone where you're just like, he might hit 260 with double digit power. Well, yeah, but I mean, in that in that type of format, <laughs> uh, where you're talking about rostering, you know, or total total of 40 catchers that will be on, uh, you know, that will be in starting lineups for, uh, you can you'll get pretty deep. I mean, you know, you yeah, I mean, all all 30 of the you know. Nominal starting catchers will be on a team. Definitely, and and for example, if I had just lost Posey myself, uh, my top choices would be Bryce Harper, <laughs> uh, who's owned in seven percent of leagues. I guess those must be keeper leagues. Um, Jason Veritek, yeah, Ronnie Polino, David Ross. I, you know what? I might actually take David Ross because you could at least play him against lefties and enjoy. Actually, not bad production, you know, when put in against lefties. He just won't get you a lot of PAs. But right. Well, if you had him maybe as like a third catcher, and you were diligent about rostering him, or you know, activating him on those days when you knew he was going to play. Some sort of Jason Veritek, David Ross platoon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you're very dedicated to your league. Yeah. Right. Um, hey, let's. Uh, all right, so we addressed Buster Posey there. Now I'm going to totally switch uh, gears here. This is uh, not related at all. No, no segue possible, except for the fact that uh, Jason Terry or Justin Mary are here, one or the other. It doesn't matter. Um, wh- whoever is on that line, I believe, uh, is a big Cincinnati Reds fan and can maybe help us sort out what's going on currently with the Cincinnati Reds rotation. Uh, I think just like in the past week or week and a half, um, names going one way or another have been, you know, Homer Bailey, Johnny Cueto, Edinson Volquez, um, uh, Daryl Thompson uh, is sort of a, you know, second tier prospect. Uh, has also, I think he's been promoted recently. Jesse, can you tell us who's in the rotation today, who will be in it tomorrow, et cetera? Yeah, it's been a kind of a mess the last few days. Um, basically, the Reds look like they were getting healthy. Um, they had uh, Homer Bailey came back. They had Johnny Cueto came back. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden Mike Leake, who's, you know, by all accounts a, a pretty decent major league pitcher, at least by my accounts he is, uh, got sent down because they basically didn't have any room for him. Well, you know, Volquez, unfortunately, uh, who was the opening day starter, uh, has never been able to find the strikes on this this year. I mean, his stuff still looks pretty good, but he he walks a ton of batters and just has been shelled basically every time out. Uh, they actually demoted him uh, down to AAA, and this week now uh, Mike Leake is coming back, and he's starting tonight. Tonight's Friday you know, against the Atlanta Braves. Um, also at the same time, Homer Bailey just uh, while he was swinging the bat, uh, 
encountered something like a, they, they called it initially a muscle spasm in his shoulder and it's been diagnosed with a sprained shoulder which is a pretty vague diagnosis but I don't really know what to expect there. I think there's a decent chance he goes on the disabled list. He does have something of a history of shoulder problems. So, you know, the Reds are, are dealing with a situation where, you know, all of a sudden they're kind of grasping at straws to figure out uh, who's going to be pitching. Um, I think what's going to be happening for the time being is probably, uh, I mean, I think Mike Leake's staying in the rotation. He's kind of an interesting pitcher in terms of the numbers he's put up. Um, but also uh, Sam LeCure, I think, is, has a good chance of making it back into the rotation. He's pitched well this year, and, you know, it's a decent little number five uh, type of a pitcher. Um, Daryl Thompson, my feeling is probably not going to make it back into the rotation. Uh, he's he's well done on, on the list as far as the, the depth chart. I think they basically have him – they brought him up this year uh, or this week because they played that 19-inning game and basically exhausted an already exhausted bullpen. Uh, so he's basically up to, to eat some innings for a while, and, and he, you know, he pitched the other night and didn't pitch particularly well. Um, he, he's interesting, but I think probably his best bet, given that he can't seem to stay healthy, is to come back in some sort of relief role. And uh, if he's pitching down in, in Double A this year, I don't think they see him very, uh, as being very high on their list. All right. So I mean, those are the answers. Um, <laughs> there, there it is. Uh, but uh, but I still have I still have a question. Yeah, what's your question? Yeah. Yes. If you, if this was a, a, a rotograss chat every Friday at twelve fifteen, <laughs> um, then uh, people would ask you, who would you take? So who would you who, who would, would you pick up? Now? Yeah, for your fantasy. League. Well, I I actually I'm kind of interested in Wood right now. I mean, if you look at Wood's numbers, they're pretty this year. I mean, it's granted it's thirty five innings, but uh, this is his second year in pro ball, and he saw in the time he was pitching with the Reds earlier this season, even though he's got a 5.7 ERA, he uh, almost hit uh, eight strikeouts per nine innings. His walk rate has been steady. His ground ball rate has continued to be very good. Um, this is He has some pitches. Um, I was looking at him earlier this year, and he does have pitches that miss back. So it's, you know, I think it could be the case that he might be able to get up into the, you know, seven strikeouts per nine territory over the long term and if he can do that he's a pretty good little pitcher uh, especially given his ground ball tendencies and the Reds have a pretty good infield defense now, is so I like a, him uh, oh yeah. well I was yeah, going to say is that a case of because uh, I see this happen sometimes where you have team oriented guys who uh, yeah. you know will sort of squint and shake things around so they get the best case scenario to, what's the possibility that you're guilty of that just oh it's possible <laughs> I, I, I like my players, but, uh, you know, I, I feel like I'm a pretty objective person when it comes to these things. Um, you know, I, I don't know I don't know if Volquez is going to be able to come back. I, I just, I'm a little worried about his control. He had it maybe for a month last year, and he was pitching pretty well um, in last September. But, you know, I, I feel like I'm a reasonably objective person with these things, but it's possible. Uh, you know, the thing about Leaf right now is, you know, he's got a, this ship at, uh, three three seven for the year, which is encouraging, um, if nothing else. You know, uh, I think. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, I'm good. Uh, well, with regard to Volquez, uh, I, I think this happened to him last season, and uh, we saw it happen to another pitcher in Max Scherzer last season, um, where a player, a guy with excellent ability, um, but maybe some mechanical problems, um, is demoted. You know, makes like three starts. Uh, you know, is able to get uh, some combination of uh, mechanical soundness and confidence back, 
and then comes back and dominates. Um, I know I've been uh, very optimistic about Volquez. I, I certainly was before the season, um, and I still even do remain so. There were a couple games there where his strikeout totals um, weren't even to the uh, you know at the rate that you would expect them to be. But then I, I think against the Cubs, he had a crazy nine strikeout game um, against only one walk. Uh, Volquez is, is a pitcher whose natural talent um, and uh, still is still I find very encouraging for his long-term prospects uh, and is a pitcher that when he's uh, if he if he does have some some uh, positive uh, starts at AAA I would be very quick to to pick up upon um, I guess what you call a re-promotion to the major leagues. Yeah, you know, uh, he uh, certainly has the highest ceiling. If I can uh, just say, I think he certainly has the highest ceiling of all the various Reds pitchers. Um, but he's got to harness his control. I mean, six. Six almost seven walks per nine is not going to do it, uh, regardless how many strike out. Or the, his, he's got this fabulous ground ball rate too. So he's he's just enticing, and you see flashes of it. And I'd love to think that we can see more of it, but I don't know. Uh, I don't know if that's going to happen. Okay. All right. Um, actually, from uh, from this sort of uh, smaller lens of just the Cincinnati Reds rotation, I'd like to uh, ask you guys about some. Young pitchers generally uh, sort of scattered about here. Uh, we've kind of come to uh, part of the season where um, uh, younger pitchers have been able to distinguish themselves at triple and uh, double A. Uh, maybe some names that were not necessarily the top of prospect lists, uh, that organizations were not necessarily uh, on the verge of uh, recalling. Um, you know, going into the season, but have have put in maybe 40, 50 good innings in the minor leagues and uh, have now earned promotions. Uh, two names actually were covered by my um, uh, paisan uh, Jason Catania at Rotographs today are um, Juan Nicasio and Andy Oliver. Juan Nicasio will be starting in place of uh, Jorge De La Rosa for the Colorado Rockies on Saturday. And Andy Oliver will be starting in place of the injured Phil Coke uh, for the Detroit Tigers on Saturday. Uh, now, both of them uh, made uh, Mark Hewlett's uh, preseason prospect, you know, top ten lists um, for their respective organizations. Um, and uh, Nicasio, in particular, has put up just a simply ridiculous numbers so far at AA. He's not very young. Um, I guess he's probably this is his age 24 season uh, that he's that he's in right now, but um, he's never failed really either. Uh, I don't, he you know in any uh, season in which he's pitched uh, more than 50 innings, including 2011, uh, he you know he's he's never posted a FIP uh, greater than three, and uh, his strikeout to walk numbers have been excellent. And uh, per StatCorner.com, FirstInning.com, it appears as though um, he's at the very least not a fly ball heavy pitcher. We uh, might say he's more neutral or slightly fly ball oriented. Um, Andy Oliver, I think, has a uh, is a little bit more of a, a, a polished character, if I'm not mistaken. Um, in that, I, I believe he was a college pitcher um, who, uh, for whom 2010 was his, his first season in, in the uh, affiliated ball. Um, but he also has a decent. Um, Profile. Those are two pitchers I'm be watching. In fact, in in uh, the league that I probably follow most closely, I've already picked up Juan Nicasio, 
um, sort of, uh, I guess, preemptively. If he if he has a good start uh, on Saturday, I can either trade him um, or keep him, depending on what my needs are. Uh, or after that, I can uh, you know drop him and you know pick up some other sort of uh, you know recent call up. But I'm curious. We'll start with you, Eno. If either of these pitchers have uh, found their way across uh, your particular radar screen or onto any of your teams. Yeah, I'm definitely picking up Juan Nicasio. Um And I think it's a little bit, for me, it's it's a lot about um, what the major league roster looks like. And if I'm looking at the Rockies' rotation, uh, Ubaldo, even with his problems, he's in. Um, Julis Chassin is just awesome. I love him. Mm-hmm. Um, pause. And uh, Jason Hamill is uh, a decent, strong, actually probably a better fantasy pickup than people realize. You know, you know, there are there are other types of of love besides just a sexual love. I know, you, but you can have a sort of uh, you can you can love what he does for you, just like a Toyota. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, uh, it doesn't have to be that you, you want to jump on him. This has been that kind of day. No, I just, um, when you said you loved him, I thought you know you uh, you just. Uh, Enjoy watching him pitch. Enjoy watching him pitch and are happy to own him in the fantasy leagues in which you do own him. Exactly. That's all I thought. I mean, Justin, did you think anything else? <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to leave it with uh, with that explanation, yeah. Okay, very good. <laughs> very good. Oh, so you have doubts, I guess. Uh, so anyway, uh, I guess uh, what I'm saying is those are three uh, strong pitchers, and they, with De La Rosa out, there's just a really obvious hole in that rotation. I'm not buying Greg Reynolds. Um I'm uh Aaron Cook is okay, but I think Aaron Cook can come back and Nicasio can settle into the fifth starter role where they can skip his um start every once in a while in order to keep his innings total down. Um and I really I mean it's one of those things where you're just like, Oh, I don't want them to make a choice on a small sample size and I don't want them to just be like, Oh, one good start, one bad start, there's decision time. But I really do think that Saturday has a big deal. If he if he shows competently, um, then uh, he could stick all year. Right now, Justin, th- that um, as you know noted, probably the top end of that Colorado Rockies rotation is pretty well established. Um, but the the back, we know we have uh, Jorge De La Rosa is out for the time being. Um, Aaron Cook is coming back, and Clay Mortensen is sort of there, and Greg Reynolds. Is a person who who plays for the Rockies. Uh, how do you how do you sort of uh, view that as shaking out? Well, I think I mean I think he knows right that um, yeah, really, as far as talent goes, Nicasio might well be the best of the bunch. I mean I think Aaron Cook is if he's healthy, he's probably going to be there. But uh, Clay Mortensen is I don't think anything particularly special. And uh, if Nicasio shows that he can that he can throw at this this level, if they like what they see from, I can certainly see him sticking. Uh, I don't, that's not the plan right now, I don't think, but it, it could happen. One point I'll make about him is he threw 177 innings last year, so he may not even need protection as far as innings limits go. Um, you know, he's he's already ramped up substantially. I don't know if they want to go much beyond that, but uh, he he has thrown a lot before. Right, and I th- he's a guy to, to note from this perspective too. In that, um, I think that it's not like, um, at least uh, going by some of the scouting reports I've read about him, he, he's not a pitcher who is dominating um, in the minors because he's particularly crafty. Um, he's not, he's not not crafty, I think, but he does have um, some like actual. Uh, 
um, stuff, right? Um, and so he's not someone to be worried about from that perspective. Is that is that the the general idea you've gotten, uh, Justin and Arena? Yeah, well, I mean, I would just say I, I don't know. This isn't a guy that was at the top of the prospect list, but he's consistently, if you go back and read the reports for the last few years, he throws mid to mid to low nineties fastballs, a couple breaking pitches. Um, uh, maybe doesn't have much of a changeup yet. So I, I think it kind of. I, I haven't seen him pitch, um, but it would be interesting to see what he's got and how how that stuff plays up. But you know, if he's throwing mid to low 90s, he's at least not a terrible pitcher in terms of his you know what stuff he has. You know, it'll be an interesting case study, Nicasio, um, because we've actually seen a couple pitchers uh, in uh, this season in Michael Pineda and Alexia Gondo and. Uh, probably more so with Pineda, who have actually survived without really throwing any sort of third pitch. Um, and I know that, uh, uh, you know, th- these sort of become a, a heuristic for, you know, by which we will judge other pitchers. I don't think Nicasio has the raw stuff of Pineda, which is probably why Pineda is able to pitch so well, despite the fact that he doesn't have that changeup. Alexia Gondo might actually be sort of uh, benefiting from the, you know, th- Benefiting whatever the uh, the positive thing is with regard to the luck dragons, you know, if uh, <laughs> sort of a puff situation, I don't know. Um, it, so it'll be interesting because I think he, at least uh, just the sort of what I know of him, that could be the case. Uh, you know, that maybe he has problems with lefties, and you know, we'll see how he relates to an Agando or, or a Pineda. Uh, the, another pitcher uh, uh, we've seen called up recently is Ruby uh, and or Ruby, but I'm going to say Ruby for the for the uh, duration of this podcast. Ruby De La Rosa, uh, who's uh, started and uh, started quite successfully in the uh, minor leagues for the Los Angeles Dodgers this year, and has now been called up recently as a, a relief pitcher. Uh, Justin, what's uh, what's your take on on Ruby and? Uh, you know, is he someone you'll pick up, and if so, under under what circumstances? You know, I have to admit he's not really on my radar, so I'm going to have to defer to Eno here. We'll do uh, it because he's not yeah, really really looking much. Very uh, uh, diplomatic of you, Eno, sir. Well, I, I'm guessing that's probably because uh, uh, knowing Justin, he's he's more in in linear weights type leagues, and he's not as worried about saves as. That's uh, more conventional fantasy players, possibly, <laughs> uh, because R- Ruby Ruby is um, in the Dodgers pen, which is the biggest mess um, out there right now, um, and uh, he's got the best stuff uh, day one in that pen um, right now, at least. I, you know, a healthy Broxton is pretty pretty uh, pretty studly, but uh, he hasn't been healthy in a year, so I think uh, I think. He's really in in a certain way he's a favorite for saves. In another way he's riskier uh, because he's their best starting prospect. So are they are they just gonna put him in the pen the rest of the year and innings you know building up innings innings be damned? Um, if that's the case and he's up and he's in the bullpen right now, I think he's gonna be the closer because he's just got awesome awesome stuff. Now. Let's look at this. Uh, in, in, how about in an auto new league where uh, say, where you get credit for saves and holds, uh, but a relief pitcher can be you know can have some value without those too. Yeah, I mean, he. I think honestly, I think he's an he's a he's he's an ad in almost any sort of keeper dynasty type format because 
I really do think he's either like a number two type starter in a great stadium um, with upside for number one or uh, an awesome closer. Um, so since those roles are so good and his stuff is so good, uh, there's really – and what's kind of nice about it is a little bit of a meteoric rise. So you've got that ability to – maybe somebody doesn't already protect him. Um, people don't know about him as much. But uh, I just talked to uh, Mike Newman at Scouting the Sal. Um, and uh, he's he's got a great sort of scouting background. Uh, you know, we we sometimes put our heads together since I'm more from the numbers side. And he said he's seen him a couple of times. The great fastball, great secondary stuff, um, and you know, a little bit of of learning still has to take place. But he's really excited about him. So, well, that's a that's one a thing I do. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Well, I was going to add, uh, if at least Anata knew, he is also starting pitcher eligible. And so he is somebody you can slot into your starting pitching slot uh, as a relief pitcher when you don't have a starter going that day. And uh, if he gets saves, that can be a really nice extra source of points on a perning basis. Well, that's an interesting uh, strategery uh, point there, uh, Justin. And I'm, I'm interested in, um, in Adonu, how many... Um, I guess uh, how many relievers are you playing at any one time? Given is it a, it's out of ten pitchers, I guess and five, um, five starting, five relieving. How many relievers spots, or I guess how many of your starting spots are you giving over to relievers? Well, I mean, I'll I'll throw anybody, uh, you know, as long as it's a good relief pitcher and somebody that has some chance to get the holes and the saves, I'll throw anybody I can uh, into the starting pitching slot as long as I don't have a starting pitcher going. So I mean, I have. Uh, Repchinsky from Toronto uh, that pitches in there. Uh, Michael Wirt somehow has re- starting pitcher eligibility in that game, Whoa, that's so I throw him there. He must have made. So you know, the, the the idea is to get saves and holds. You know, you don't spend a lot of innings because you have an innings cap, and you get saves and holds that add to your point total much more so on a earning basis than you do uh, by starting a starter there. Right. Yeah. Now, so why if, not? If I'm not mistaken, I think probably the average. Starter, average decent starter gets maybe like about five points per inning. Um, yeah. And then uh, a good starter, and then uh, and then like a, an average to good relief pitcher gets more in the neighborhood like seven or eight. Is that about right? If they're getting hold and save, sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's that, that can be. Yeah, because a, a hold, be is, hold 10, is ten or eleven points per. Right. Yeah, because a hold a hold is four and a save is five. So if if you got that in the inning, you're already. I, I definitely I definitely run a couple um, out there. I also wanted to add um, David Hernandez. That's a yeah, oh, starter starter uh, starter eligible. Um, yep. Relief pitcher. And I actually I just I just pulled up uh, De La Rosa's numbers just to um, get an idea of why the team might be doing what they're doing. Um, and I see that his uh, he's never topped uh, 59 innings in the minor leagues. Oh. Um, uh, well, actually, 2010, I'm looking at uh, 100. But he's only got 100 innings, and he's got 40 so far this year. So um, maybe they just want uh, to get another 100 innings out of him um, and don't want to up the uh, innings totals too quickly. But uh, great strikeout rate all the way up, and right now he's got a minus one FIP, so that's pretty exciting. So that means when he is pitching, um, the other team actually actually has to give away a run <laughs> to his team, which is peculiar. You don't see that a lot in baseball. 
Um, but the stats say it's the case. Uh, <laughs> and and I, if I always say, if it if you see it on fan charts, uh, it must be true. <laughs> it's got to be true. It's got to be true. Well, I do want to. You do I do want to add something real quick. You're, that's, um, you've been doing that. Okay, what do you want to add know, now? But let's do it. Let's do it. Right. Because breaking news, breaking news off of the Twitter machine. Can I predict it? Can I predict your breaking news? Yeah. Uh, Scott Sizemore traded to the A's for David Percy. That's right. Yeah. That just news happened, that. folks. That just happened. Justin, you don't have you don't you, Justin. You got to get mine Twitter. I don't even need to check it. it just goes right through my brain. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have that? It's the newest thing you can do. It's an app. Oh my god. New app. Sizemore is my second baseman. <laughs> oh no. Well, what's ha- what, what's going to happen with that trade then? So, uh, that's a well, strange I, Ellis, trade. Ellis is not playing that well, and he's in the last year of his control, uh, last year of control, and he's probably gone. Okay. Uh, so I think Oakland will mix Sizemore in. I just I, I don't see him taking the job right away. Okay. Right. And who's going to play second for the Tigers? Uh, it would be nice if it was Rayburn, because I own Rayburn. Right, it would be nice yeah. if it were Rayburn for uh, a lot of us who thought he was going to play this year. At, uh, play I have well. a horror story about letting Zach Sanders take over a league for me. He picked up uh, Rayburn for me, thinking he would have second base eligibility, uh, but he he didn't meet the, uh, I should say, Rayburn didn't meet uh, the game requirement. So I was... And maybe Zach in this case. <laughs> no, I love Zach. I'm just no, kidding. I... I love Zach too, uh, but I was uh, wanted to throttle him at that point. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, hey, listen, um, this has been uh, substantive, bizarrely, and uh, you know you uh, also in a bizarre turn made some in, uh, incisive and uh, well-supported points. Oh well, uh, screw you. Yeah, no, that's what we call a backhanded compliment. Right. <laughs> uh, so let's say goodbye to you guys. Say to you, Justin, first, uh, because I, 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 feel, I, I don't, I don't need the last word with with you, Justin. Uh, you're you're on the up and up. Uh, but thank you very much for joining us. And uh, don't, are you in any danger there uh, with that thunderstorm that's in your town? Uh, to my knowledge, no. But we are about to drive to Pittsburgh, so I may well be. Well, will you please uh, check out your local forecast and make sure there are no. Uh, tornado uh, warnings or anything? Do you get tornadoes there? Uh, not frequently. No, there was but recently. A, yeah, there's a small one in Philadelphia, isn't that right? I didn't see it, but it could have been. Well, I know for a fact that there was. <laughs> Just keep an eye out. Anyway, anyway, thank you for joining us, Justin. Yeah, thank you. All right, and then uh, to Eno Saris, I bid you adieu, uh, sir. And um, uh, any plans on getting dressed in? Adult clothes today, you know. <laughs> I mean, because I, I'm making this at, uh, this is, a, I should say, it's about 3.40 Central Time, uh, 1.40 Pacific, where you live, and I know that you had two hours worth of chatting, and I know that uh, you do not always wake up with the rooster, if I may be so bold. Hey, uh, hey. No, I, I guess my father-in-law is not listening, so... Um yeah, okay. I do I do not always wake up early. But you know what? Also, I uh he is on his way, so I will have to put pants on. Yes, do it. Uh that's always embarrassing. Um <laughs> and I will say uh, uh actually having talked uh, recently with uh full-time employee Dave Cameron and uh Dark Overlord of Fangraphs uh David Alfman, they told me that they both wake up uh around 10 a.m. They'll Ooh. do a lot of work oh. at, 
Uh, they'll do work into the AM. Yes, there is. There is some late night work to be done for right. sure. They will do a lot of late night work, and then we'll leave uh, uh, sort of uh, things to be in the uh, earliest hours. Well, there's no baseball playing at uh, 8 a.m., so no, it's okay. No, thank God. Yeah, that would make things terrible. <laughs> that would really be right. Um, anyway, f- uh, to you, Eno, uh, also goodbye. And thank you for having me on. Right, thank you for joining us. Uh, right, so those, uh, uh, thank you to those two. Uh, uh, I am, and uh, to the best of my knowledge, will continue to be Carson Sizuli, and this has been another one-hot edition of Fangraphs Night.